This week on First Issue Club, we get into The Magnificent Mrs. Marvel number one and Assassination number one. Welcome back, guys, to the 85th episode of First Issue Club. Is that true? Yes. Holy crap. Can you believe it? 85, and we haven't been kicked off the air. 85, 85. Uh, We are your weekly comic book reading club with a particular focus on new series. I am Mike D, and with me, as always, are Greg and Caitlin. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. We unfortunately are without the sinister budget king this week. (laughs) We'll have to bring up the evil to make up for his absence. Uh, He is at South by Southwest. Hopefully he comes back next week with plenty of stories to tell. Guys, it's been about a week since we saw Captain Marvel in theaters. Yes. And I wanted to have a quick spoiler-free conversation about it. Okay, let's get into it. What did you guys think of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? Well, I think it's been stated before that initially Caitlin and I had our reservations about Brie Larson (laughs) uh, being Captain Marvel. We had other... Um, Not because I don't like her. No. I want to put that out there first because I I love her. We just thought other actresses were more suited for the role. After seeing this movie, though. One actress, really. One actress in particular. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. Yeah, it was was a short list, but it was a list nonetheless. (laughs) Uh, But after seeing the movie, I thought she did a great job. So did I. When I saw the previews for it, I was worried that she was going to be too serious of an actress, not quirky enough. She's full of quirk, while at the same time balances a lot of the action, energy, boldness that I think Captain Marvel has as a character. So, good casting. I Yeah, I came around fully because initially I thought, well, she looks too, and this, I just want to kick myself, but like too feminine almost. Like, they've softened this like really, truly mighty superhero who doesn't always look very feminine in the comics. I mean earlier versions certainly she did but i think it was actually a great decision because who's to say that women who look feminine aren't mighty and that's where i come like have come full circle like shame on me she did fantastic well and we've kind of learned to be disappointed i think by the way some women are treated in these movies when they're just eye candy when you think back to like some of the older movies like that first daredevil movie that You've got, you know, your powerful women walking around in high heels the whole movie right. and barely contributing. So very was, that with, was that with Jennifer Garner as Electra? And yeah. Ben Affleck is And let me say, before you you get hot on me on Twitter about uh <laughs> Jennifer Garner in Daredevil, I just pulled that reference right out of my asshole. <laughs> I've got no clue how she was in that movie, but that's the kind of era I think that I was just like, I roll, we all regret the decisions that were made in like superhero movies right, at that yeah. time. We're going to take a mulligan on this uh, <laughs> decade. Whole decade of comic book movies, right? I oh. feel like this is going to be my iron fist, though. I'm having already some conversations where like, I feel like I've watched a totally different movie, and it's a little concerning to me. So I think on average what I'm hearing is B minus from a lot of people. What's your grade for the movie? I don't I think that's fa- I'm fair. I mean, I'd probably go A minus B plus range, yeah. but it's really hard for me to not like a movie though. Totally. I don't know. Like my seal of approval has lost its credibility many times before. So I do want to say that, but I really did think that this was fully enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, and I Start personally loved your four-star review of Glitter. <laughs> Sorry, Mariah Why do Carey. you bring that up? I that is one, I did like it, and that's why I say my seal of approval is not 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't like glow about it, but you get you did glitter about it. I mean, boom. It's, it's good to go into things, you know, not being negative about it. Right. I think we could watch any movie and try to pick it apart. Uh, and oh, for sure. And I think what I thought of this movie. As a crazy comic book person, I was reading into like every minor decision that was made, yeah, and not watching it like a normal fan who's just soaking in and enjoying it. And I, I wish I could watch it through that lens, but I've been, I've been tarnished. Yeah, you, we're <laughs> all tainted here <laughs> as far as <laughs> comic book films. <laughs> but even like uh, we all know, and maybe some of the listeners know, Captain Marvel's backstory is dense and complicated. She's gone through many iterations of her identity, her costume her backstory in general. So I thought I did a pretty good job condensing that all down into a story that makes sense for people that do like comics and people that don't like comics. You're exactly right. And I, th- I think a lot of the people who are not liking the movie think that it was just too much uh, learning for them for right. a superhero movie that we didn't get to know enough of the character's personality mm-hmm. because we're learning who the Kree are, who the scrolls are. Uh, how she got her powers, like why her powers are different, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's just a lot to cram into a, a lot. single movie. You think it's more dense than like all of the realms of Thor? Thor's like that. Like that. That to me is like you're you're learning about different. You're like Midgard, Asgard, like Bifrost. Like now you've got to come up with like, and they don't even go into the backstory of that like at all. And well, people. And I, th- I think that was the that's an easier pass for Thor because we've got some just like we're going to take it that there's this North Norse mythology oh, okay. Okay. and we have this pre existing knowledge of that. So they kind of got to yeah. get out of jail free card on uh, the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> there okay. is no get out of jail free card for Thor, too, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're in jail. Yeah. I'm going to be Life honest. Sentence. I didn't see I did not see that one. You haven't seen it? No. You're not missing much. Okay. All right. MVP of Captain Marvel. A side of Brie Larson. Uh, ooh, MVP. Well, I'm going to go. Everyone is probably going to say the cat. The cat had a special part <laughs> uh, the in the Flarkin. movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly thought Samuel L. Jackson did a great job. How amazing. I, I say go see this movie alone just for the visual effects of aging him down. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Unbelievable. That's probably where most of the money went. It didn't look corny at all. No. Nope. It think, was fantastic. Do you think they can do that reverse, like make someone look older, but just using that instead of like... Why not? Absolutely. I bet it's easier to smooth than to wrinkle. That's true. <laughs> so many jokes there. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> But uh, I don't know why that's where my mind went when I was thinking about it, but I was like, that would be better than the, oh, I've got flecks of gray, and now I've got, like, sunspots on my cheeks, and yeah. you can tell the time has passed. Totally. But yeah. I don't know if that's... I would agree. It looked it looked phenomenal. Yeah. And I think I, I think I would agree with your MVP for that. We got some good origin story of Nick Fury and yeah. uh, saw him as a person more than this, like all-knowing leader of the Avengers. It was it was kind of oh. just more like him as an agent. Well, yeah, and he hadn't been hardened yet by right. years and years on the Force and S.H.I.E.L.D., you know what I mean? So yes. it was nice to see that he had a little more brevity to him, a little more humor. I'm going to cheat on my select and go with most valuable players, and I'm giving the MVP award to Scrolls. Oh! Normally hate Scrolls in comic <laughs> books, Phenomenal job in the movie. There was a little bit of a twist that I won't spoil uh, with how the characters are used in mm-hmm. the movie. 
but phenomenal job. I thought those characters were excellent. Great as villains and any other subplots that they gave those characters. Loved it all the way through. It made the movie really great. Right. The twists and turns there were pretty sweet. And I think we, after the movie ended, Caitlin looked at me and uh, she said, that makes, because we reviewed last week, Meet the Scrolls. Yes. And she said, this movie actually added a lot more to that comic book, which that, makes a lot of sense. It reverse hyped itself. Totally. You're completely right. That that comic book makes way more sense in the landscape of right. <laughs> scroll history <laughs> now that we have the Captain Marvel movie. And that's a brilliant part on Marvel for putting that book out yep. at this time. Obviously, they have a marketing department where that was probably talked about over and over again. Mm-hmm. But Speaking about talking about things over and over again, we've talked about it, I'm sure, plenty today. The Endgame trailer came out, and my office was abuzz with everybody watching <laughs> the new trailer. One of my biggest questions is, how does Ant-Man get out of the quantum realm? I, thank you. And how are they going to explain that in a, the course of the movie? Well, early, how can you? Yeah. How can you? Yeah. There's no one there to let him out. Are you going to tell me somebody happens upon that van? And oh, it's just like, yeah. oh, I get this beep, boop, boop. And he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, right. He's only been in there for like three minutes, uh-huh. turns out. Caitlin did perfect science uh, sound effects, by the way. <laughs> That's beep, what it bop, is. Beep, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sciencing. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of questions to be answered, and I am really looking forward to this, I am assuming, 16-hour-long movie <laughs> that will just... Wash over me. Show up in her jammies. Oh my god! I am. I I guarantee I'm going to cry. Maybe once, probably twice. I probably cry. I kind of cried during the opening of uh, Captain Marvel when they did the little stand montage. That was genius. It got me. Yeah, genius. I was a little teary. Like, oh, what a send off! And he's in the movie, of course. He has his cameo. Oh, I know. I I think I read that they'd done several cameos. They'd canned several of them before really? he passed. Yeah. Wow. That's so who knows smart. how many more movies he'll end up in, but Whew. they've filmed several apparently. Well, what do you guys think? Should we get this podcast started? Ooh. 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 There was a lot of tongue involved <laughs> for both of you. I don't know why we're haunted <laughs> wasn't all of needed a either, right? <laughs> The tongue tongue did not need to be involved to make those sounds. (laughs) Holy shit. Well, we popped a lot of first issues this week. I think I bought like maybe seven at my shop. Yep. And... One of the ones I was most excited about was the Magnificent Miss Marvel number one from Ahmed and Young. Uh, Saladin Ahmed, uh, one of our favorite writers from the club. A lot of his books that he's done, we've really liked. You want to get us into it, Caitlin? Absolutely. Uh, so, Magnificent Miss Marvel, this is Kamala Khan, and she is a household hero name and apparently an intergalactic bedtime story. She uh, may also be the destined one in this book, and what that means is certainly teed up for discussion in this first issue. So my first question is, is there stuff I already need to know? Is this a (laughs) true first issue? The second one is, are we dealing with the time travel situation? The story that's told about her, if she is the destined one, which that could be a twist, she may not be, is clearly occurring, and we're going back to see her dealing with her 
own stuff, her struggle with work-life balance and some intense family drama. Let me try to answer every single one of those questions. (laughs) Please and thank you. (laughs) So even though Miss Marvel is a team member of like the champions and part of like the Young Avengers group that's out there, uh, I think that the narrative of her solo titles have always been very self-contained in Jersey City. Right. She's got this like small community. She's very tight with her family. She's a city girl, still goes to school in that small area and has all these friends that work at the corner mom and pop shops, etc. So there's a rich bed of characters that are part of the Kamala Khaniverse. Uh, and Bruno was one of those. He was a guy that she crushed on Major mm-hmm. from the early series. Probably uh, still does. Yeah, so they've got a really cool, uh, fun relationship. Um, so there's a little bit of context that you need there. I think this book, while doing a, a good job of starting you into a story, does splash a little bit of origin here and there and tries to do it pretty naturally. Right. I'm wondering the same thing that you're wondering about the ongoing narrative that's happening like in the way distant future. They're talking about her past tense, it seems. Yeah. Like she's been long dead and she saved this alien species. And it's a really cool storytelling device, I think, to talk about her as a woman who had her shit figured out and was this stoic hero that was loved by all. In our flashback, that's contrasted against her in present day, (laughs) just like not having her shit figured out at all. Like she's just learning the ropes of being a superhero or just getting that figured out. But the world has opened to like a whole new series of problems for her. Her parents just found out that she's Miss Marvel and she's having trouble navigating that. I almost wonder if the other planet and the future storyline dialogue was just a device to get that across. That she's destined for greatness, yeah. but even great superheroes grow up just like the rest of us and uh, grow into our greatness, right? That it might be a message to young readers that even the greatest of the greats fumble through life at first. Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, in anime when, like, somebody freaks out and they have, like, the big face, face facial features <laughs> and, like, that stuff above their head, like... That was her throughout this entire book. Like, <laughs> if you cut to her, she'd be making that face because she's just struggling. But I, I like that lens of it. Like, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't always have to live that kind of life or be that put together in order to still do great things and still. You may have to ruin a few storefronts to save a few lives, type yeah. of thing. You got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And that's why I love these teen superhero stories because. Really what's happening is these great, fantastic powers are given to these fumbling adolescent kids who don't even know really who they are, but they can level a city block in an instant. And that's a dangerous combination for, you know, an adult, let alone like a young teen. So to watch them just kind of come to terms with who they are growing up, puberty and all that, and the ability to fly and make your hand into two meat cleavers. (laughs) I mean, it just makes for a fun story. Uh, so what do you, what do you guys think about her basically being grounded? You raise a good point that it's like, how do you ground the most, one of the most powerful people in like New York City? Right. Cause like two panels later she gets a text and she's just like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what grounded looks like? Try yeah. to stop me. I'll just turn into a plane. Bye. <laughs> it's, it's funny to think about this character 
not having complete autonomy, being that powerful and still having to give in to your, your parents on some things. Right, which is... Especially, like, being from a super conservative background, as right. they allude to several times. Right. That her parents are very rigid in their belief set and how she should be raised. And uh, she's got a hard time navigating that, it seems like. And add superpowers to that. And... But <laughs> it, gives, it gives her character a lot of opportunities to kind of, like, be a boss, break norms, but right. still honor her nationality and culture. Um in a modern way. They do a lot of complex things with her that I think are mm-hmm. super interesting and inspiring for young people. I totally agree. I think this is a great start to a new series. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I think um, the the creative team on this is solid. The artwork was great. The writing was really natural. The, she, the, he really caught the voice of Kamala. Yep. So I think besides Daredevil, this is one of the newer Marvel books that I'm pretty excited about mm-hmm. as far as an ongoing. And Ahmed, I think, too, has done a good job of taking characters that have a light, fun side, too, and telling them, telling a more serious story with them. Right. The The original creative team that worked on Miss Marvel, phenomenal job, did amazing things. Oh, right, yeah. They've got plenty of praise for those amazing things they've done. I'm excited to see this character grow under... Uh, another person with a different style. Right. And where he'll take her next. Hopefully continued success. Yes, please. (laughs) All right, now is as good a time as any, I think, to get into Assassin Nation number one from Starks and Henderson, I might might need to point out that Assassin and Nation are two separate words. Wordplay. <laughs> clever, clever Mr. Starks. <laughs> Caitlin, what was this book about? What the hell was this book about? What the hell? What the hell is this? Um, what am I looking at? <laughs> well, um... The cover's bonkers. It's a pretty dead-on <laughs> yeah. depiction of what's actually in the book uh-huh. itself, minus some guts and actual gunshots. Uh, basically, we've got Chekhov's gun, who is a man, mm-hmm. um, and he's at the center of this. Uh, some attempts have been made on his life, and then we've got him bringing the entire assassin nation um, to meet and at that point, just it's kind of it reminded me a lot of like uh, Astro Astro Hustle, where everyone oh, you've been led to believe completely. is going to play a role is like just axed. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. You die. You die. You yeah. die. Well, one thing that I love is the like sportification of non-sports things. Yes. And I thought it was so cool. You open like the cover of this. And the first thing you see is that top 20 ranking leaderboard who shifted up three this week and who moved down two. <laughs> and then some like the people that stayed steady in their pole position. Right. Like, yeah, immediately I was like, oh, this is interesting. I think I'm going to like this. They all had kind of a uh, gamer name, alter egos. That was the first. Like I didn't pseudonyms. even notice that it was a ranking because I saw Meat Stick and then I saw Fuck Tarkington. Fuck Tarkington. Fuck and Tarkington. then I was like, Great "What name. am I looking at?" Mm-hmm. And then I realized, "Oh, this is these are right. these are rankings. I don't want to compare people that I'm going to meet. <laughs> these are people I'm I'm going to become invested in. <laughs> uh, I don't want to compare it to other books because it was that good. 
I, I, I truly love this book, but I got heavy vibes from Crowded and New World Order that came out on Image earlier yeah. in 2018, which is a huge compliment. That's a great, great because, compliment. Because both of those books were fantastic, and this book was incredible. I thought the artwork was great, the writing, the twists, just the story in general. Do you mean in so much as um, these things are being kind of monetized and legitimized, like yeah, crimes so, of this nature or killing? Or Right. So uh, like the leaderboard kind of tipped me off to New World Order, how they had their... Uh, just New World, maybe? As, I think it's just New World, I'm sorry. How they just go out and... They're ranked, and they have like a YouTube Live, Facebook Live situation on their chests, and they're out there killing, and they're ranked, and people can comment on their kills. And then with the crowded thing about how uh, all of these people are hunting this one girl, it's kind of the reverse now. All these assassins are being hired to protect this one uh, former assassin. I thought it, it it was great. Yeah, what do you think about our guy who's trying to hire out the help? Uh, well, if he w- truly was the best assassin for a decade, he really shouldn't need much help, should he? <laughs> he seems um, to not be held in very high regard by his fellow. No, they hate him, yeah. right? And he's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> they, he's a braggart. They spent, like, after the first page, I'm like, okay, I'm not supposed to like this guy. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> get it, hate this and guy. then two pages in, I'm like... Yeah, get it. I still like really hate this guy. Like he, he has no redeeming qualities. He's like terrible. He didn't endear himself at all to yeah. me. And normally normally I don't like that. Normally I want in my villain, I want at least like something I can identify with, but I think here it almost works because it ups the ante in this like zany, cartoony sort of story. Right. Uh like you explained with the the context of it flipping in that he's a si- uh, <laughs> hiring a bunch of people who are great at killing to keep him alive. Which right. Is, which is just funny for, like, those people <laughs> keeping you alive, like, all hating you, too. Right. Yeah. It's, like, a really, really interesting um, dynamic to throw at us. Well, he finds out pretty quickly, too, that a lot of people hate him because they he tries to get killed by a majority of the assassins he hires. <laughs> Well, and I thought they did a fantastic job setting up the, he's not necessarily a good guy because he's still an assassin, but you have Bishop, who the other is like, even in the cover, they're the only ones facing each other. And you're going to get, like, in the book, in the first issue, like, yeah. that there's a clear animosity. They're both out of the game, but they were both arguably the best at the game. And he's not, Bishop's not really still trying to do those same things, mm-hmm. um, but also doesn't seem to like the the checkoff guy and just seems to be like polar opposites almost. Yeah. Speaking and of- And you like Bishop? Oh, yeah. And in a sp- weird way? And speaking of Bishop, he's got a really engaging side story mm-hmm. that kind of falls by the wayside once you finish this book yeah. and are kind of shocked by all like the crazy <laughs> amounts like, of blood and gore. Is he still alive? Show me him. <laughs> yeah, Who's there? completely. But he knows that one of the people in this room he's walking to killed his husband. Right. And so he's, he, I think otherwise would have completely skipped this gathering of top, assa- top world assassins. Right. Had he not known that he had to like weasel in and kind of question people and look for clues and figure out who, who killed his husband, he's got this beautiful gold gun. 
that's emblazoned with the words revenge oh, on the so side. Oh, so sweet. I saw that and I was like, fuck yes. Yeah, totally. So That's the gun you want. I'm super excited for his story arc. Um, one of the things I was so impressed by, though, too, was that uh, immediately you're interested in him as a character. And there are 20 other characters that the artist and the writer do such a good job of giving a unique personality to right uh, a style all their own and so much interest that to throw that all away and kill off half of them just blew my mind even more to right. think about all the work that goes in to establishing character profiles and the way they interact with people and refining that so well. And then just being like, dead, 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 dead. <laughs> like, I would have been interested in the backstories of all these characters. Of course, It's like yeah. those old movies where the guy that's, like, wiping down the bar, like, yeah. actually has an intense, like, couple of lines that show how much <laughs> development have gone in and you don't see him ever again. Yeah, this, it, 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 this would be the perfect sort of book or story to tell in that kind of, Orange is the New Black sort of way. Yes. I always reference that show when you take a look at a certain character and do like a, a small motif on them mm-hmm. uh, just for an episode or two for their own like small story arc that like little motifs on the backstories of each of these characters like this uh, super patriotic guy. Like he would have been so interesting to do that with. Right. Um, so I know they're great with their character types here, and I'm just that much more excited to keep reading because of that. It was almost like walking into, like, alternate reality World Wrestling Federation thing. Each person had their own backstory, their own costume. Like, everyone, you could tell just by looking at them if you were a heel or a hero. (laughs) And that's, like, just what you said. Just the craftsmanship that went into uh, creating these characters really speaks to how much these uh, uh, creators love this book and this story. Yeah. The more and more we talk about this, I'm I just feel like the writing was really really superb. Do you did you guys read he did so he did Rock Candy Mountain and also Sex Castle. Did you guys read either of those? Uh, I read Rock Candy Mountain. I did not read Sex Castle. One word, yes, by the way. Me up for that. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Thinking I should find out where that is immediately. <laughs> well, I just wondered how his storytelling has come across in other um, settings, but even his like Q and A with himself in the back was super was charming. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, and I it made me like the whole story even more because mm-hmm. clearly he has a sense of humor where this is going. Right. I love the characters that they threw into this too, who were very out of place. You have these super <laughs> elite assassins, and there's one guy who's just like, "Well, I mostly do mercy killings at senior centers." <laughs> So That's he was why just, my numbers. Yeah, my high. numbers peaked pretty high, but it's <laughs> very low skill work, I guess. And the other guy's like, "Hey, does that pay well?" <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. And then there's another guy, Dave, who is a complete fanboy, <laughs> and he's I just love like, Dave. "Oh my god, that guy killed so and so with the battle of this!" Like, <laughs> poor he's, Dave. He's a fucking legend. <laughs> Everyone's signing like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, get out of here, dummy. Yeah. And that poor, guy's, the guy at the nursing home's name is Wistful Stan. Wistful, Wistful Stan. Stan. Oh. But again, it's like you immediately know who this character is, what mm-hmm. he's going for. He only has to say one thing. Yeah. And I don't even know if Wistful Stan survived the calling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, he did. He I did? remember he did. Okay. Great. All right, good. <laughs> well, then we have old fuck Tarkington. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> walking in with overalls and pretty much that's it. Did he get killed? He's alive. He's alive. I'm pretty okay. sure he was like right there, like watching Bishop Six or whatever. He yeah. like they as yeah. soon as he saw Bishop take off, he was like, "Okay, I follow you now." I think he's like that character in cartoons that just like haphazardly walks through a bar fight unscathed and just like, "Oh, hey, what, what's going on?" Yeah, like his character is going to be fun to watch because if you notice the rankings, he was number one and then no, dropped he... 19 places. Wait. Yeah, he's twenty. He he's dropped nineteen, so he was way up there. Oh wow! Okay, so wait, some... we're we're meant to believe that these rankings are what rankings stand at afterwards or before? Well, story well, occurs. who knows? Because he was one, but he is he did not make it. So he died. Yeah, he died. What's his name? Fernando. Fernando. Yeah, but <laughs> here's my thing though. Like, see that negative nineteen? So like, what does that mean? Like, obviously, he was either one or two. I think the person who wrote this might not understand rankings. <laughs> they might have just been filling in numbers for design aesthetic, Greg. Or the man who's trying to explain it, i.e. myself, has no idea how rankings work <laughs> or numbers. Well, he did say that he envisioned that there was this sort of like dark web, like people tracking these yeah. kills, um, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. totally. That th- they would have a fandom all their own. Yep. It does seem like it's a kind of uh, future set piece where uh, hiring to kill is a little more accepted with how knowledgeable they are of each other, that there's way more sharing of this sort of information uh, than in our society where you couldn't brag as much about being a great assassin. Assassin. (laughs) Yeah, I think the world they live in is uh, a little more harder than the one (laughs) we live in. The, the the last thing I really have to say about it that was in my notes just coming in was that um, the microaggressions that were in this book, too, like, you've got all this story. You've got all this development. You don't really need to be super pithy or have a commentary on anything socially, but it still managed to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do those subtle nods. Like, I, we've read some other books so far this year that were just so heavy-handed that I'm like, that's not... You do it by sneaking a couple things in in an expertly crafted way right. to make people think, well, that's that, you know, just think twice about uh, an off comment one once or twice in the story. And yeah. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I I've been following this book for a minute because I follow the uh, illustrator on Twitter, Erica Henderson, who did Squirrel Girl for so long. And she's been posting mock ups of this. And so. I was super excited to pick this up, and it did not disappoint. Yep. Did not disappoint. I don't know who the colorist is, but they did a wonderful job as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Excellent. It's eye-popping throughout. I think pretty safe to say it's the first issue club. <laughs> title surgeon. <laughs> oh, man. I got a title surgeon this right at the end. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Boop. He's gone, doctor. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to break up down What's the... that, Louis Armstrong? Oh, God. I think it was just a very strong nurse. Yeah. <laughs> World's strongest nurse. World's strongest nurse here. Doctor, he's gone. Okay, so we do notice the word ass twice in this title. I w- was hoping you were going to say that. And I think it's because there's a lot of bells throughout the course of this story. There is no less than 20. If, if every person in here has one, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. 
Yes. By my count. Yep. Nation, are they all American? We can assume, but it's not good to assume because you know why? It makes an ass ass out of you and me. Oh boy. Mm. It's coming full circle. We did well much like a bow. <laughs> we perfectly surgically uh, <laughs> deconstructed that title and I feel confident in yeah. what we've accomplished here. Doctor, uh, it was a success. <laughs> Finally, uh, we started with losing a life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and now did we just bring them back? I think we did. Uh, so this week, in just a couple of days, we're going to be at C two E two in Chicago. Right. If you listen to the podcast and you're at C two E two, send us a tweet. See if we're there. Maybe we'll meet up with you and party. Yeah, party I mean, hardy in Chicago. We have. We are going to be tweeting this, Instagram storying this, mm-hmm. Facebooking it. We, you will know we are there. We're yep. gonna make sure you know that we're there. <laughs> so if you are at C two E two, there's no goddamn reason why you shouldn't come up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna be wearing my first issue club T-shirt too." Oh. So uh, double. We have bonus. T-shirts. Yeah, Mike made them. Remember? <gasps> I made you a shirt. <laughs> the, I thought you meant like the podcast demon. I one. no, I treasure that one. I thought you meant like first issue. I for some reason I thought you. Oh were... God, should we make? Personalized C2E2 first issue club shirts just to wear for the trip. Oh, it'd be perfect <laughs> if it said, I'm in first issue club at C2E2. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. And then we polybag it and we walk around in a white, clear trash bag and suffocate to death. Our heads are out. We're not done. What a, pu- what a publicity stunt. If you suffocated to death, local podcast dies in Comic Con. In cosplay, the whole podcast dies? <laughs> Well, actually, no, because Budget King is not going, so he'd have to live on without us. To, That's yeah. true. But we would get us super famous. Solo be pod. trending. All your dreams come true, Budget King. You finally get to do it your fucking self. <laughs> <laughs> you always oh, trying to control still? the show and railroad us all. Free associating. Oh, no. Free associating, winging it. Uh, it's finally <laughs> your show. You got what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, a week after C2E2, we're going to be at Planet Comic Con in our hometown, Kansas City. They were nice enough to give us a panel on Saturday. So if you are going to Planet Comic Con on Saturday... Um, 5.30 check, to 6.30 p.m. Yeah, check out the schedule and and uh, come and find us at our panel. We're going to be doing a live podcast there. Um, so that'll be a shit show and you can come see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, until next week, guys. Thanks for joining us for The Reading Club. Bye, everybody. So long. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. I'm still thinking about if if Mr. Fantastic got (laughs) shot in the head while he was like, Super paper thin. Would he just be like? Would we just roll him up at like a rug? <laughs> no. Well, see, and that's bury him like, like that. <laughs> the, uh, what happens to your brain when you go paper thin like that? I had the exact same thought. It's a, it's smushed. You can't think with a smushed brain. And he's the smartest man alive. Yeah, I have a normal brain, and I still fuck up words. <laughs> Imagine me smushed. Yeah, the power cosmic does some incredible things. <laughs> oh <bro>. boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Gamma rays will take you to crazy places. <laughs> Man, what the fuck?